Hello and welcome to Kaiver Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse Nelson. How you doing, Jesse? Doing all right, Joseph. It's a uh, blustery day here in the Olympic Peninsula, but it's oh yeah, gorgeous on the terrace. It's raining over here. I really, it's it's really wonderful. It's been uh, it's been really nice and like hot and warm and sunny, and the rain and the the cool air is very refreshing. But also for the uh, for the crops, got some been growing some food this summer, and it's it's going nicely. At the terrace, <laughs> I have um, bush beans, calendula, some yellow peppers, Hungarian like hot peppers, which are growing really slow. I don't know if they're going to turn into anything this year. And I have some mint. Like chilies? Hot peppers? Yeah, yeah, like chilies. Yeah, they, I think they generally come in later. Yeah, it's also, they've also been struggling a little bit to grow. I've grown, I've grown everything from seed, so it's been a, an interesting... I tried some corn earlier, and that didn't pan out. I think the the corn I was using was old. And then (laughs) elsewhere at the house, we have growing corn, zucchini, bunch of lettuces. We had peas, uh, but those we went through all those, took those out. A bunch of other plants and and veggies, and some potatoes, and all sorts of things. It's really quite rewarding to grow your own food. It is. It's really fun to watch it. I don't have much growing here because we have so many deer that it requires quite the investment in a garden. I'm just oh, not that makes quite sense. there yet. Yeah, you'd have to but, you'd have to like fence that in pretty aggressively. Oh, it's hilarious. Like the deer fences in town. It's like an ongoing controversy. Um, yeah. There's definitely a correlation between the people that garden more and the people that complain about the deer. <laughs> I have some blueberry plants growing on my balcony oh, on my nice. little porch. And I wasn't expecting to get any blueberries off of them. But I had a handful today. Lovely. And I'm amazed that the birds don't really seem to be into them. You and I, we finally saw each other for the first time in person three weeks ago. That's right. Was my dad in town? Yeah, he was. Oh, okay. Yeah, so was, he just left yesterday. We had um, a really great time out here and got a whole lot of stuff done. Yeah. So I can talk about it a little bit at Conduit, but we, uh, we're getting closer to having our new cupping lab ready to go. I like what you're doing with the space. I've noticed that you, you always make really good decisions and shifts with like what's happening in the world and the environment and with your business and like the the changes that you're making with that space make a lot of sense for both your business and like what's happening. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I think that things are changing anyways in Seattle and then with the pandemic, it just is forcing a lot of decisions and it's some of them aren't as easy as other ones. You know, you have to kind of keep up with the flow, but also, you know, let go of the things that are kind of dragging you down. So there's been some good life changes and a lot of good progress. Yeah, super excited about the new project out here in Port Townsend with the little old-timey grocery store, Aldrich's. That's been officially announced, and so I can start talking about it. It's like a whole new, I shouldn't say a whole new career path, but it's like a whole new chapter in coffee and community development, which is really exciting. that is really exciting. It's good to see you getting back into the community development. I know we... uh we attempted a lot of that work in the past with a space agency and a and a few larger projects that didn't pan out. That, we that have, always seems to be a, a theme at this level of, of business, or maybe it's this industry or a combination of the two, but lots of projects don't pan out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's true. I think part of it also is Seattle. It's it's that, you know, big cities in general, you know, the community it's just there's a lot going on, and so there's all sorts of different overlapping communities, and it's hard to get people to focus. That's what I love the most about Port Townsend out here is that it's a smaller town, and, and it's very community-driven. So it's really a joy, and it's to work in it, and it's just reciprocated all over the place. 
Yesterday, I donated one of our bike trailers to a company that's starting to do bicycle delivery. They have the same trailer I saw it on their Instagram, and I was trying to find a good home for it anyways. And just to see the joy on their face, and then it turns out they are also working with doing subscription food boxes from the grocery store from oh, cool. and have been in talks with them so it's just kind of like connecting that whole circle around and just you can just feel it kind of the solidarity yeah. growing you know and i th- it's easier out here than it is to find that in seattle i feel like that's also kind of a new shift in seattle yeah it's not it's yeah that's true uh, uh, um, suddenly like i I've, I've lived in seattle for basically 24 years and i think it's only uh, you know heard throughout many of the years people talking about you know the the whatever i don't want to say the death of seattle but like how much it's changed and how like the the spirit of what it once was is is going away and everything but it, it hasn't really been until i've like worked with you that i've really been able to see just how, like how much has like how much has well, gone it's really skyrocketing there's just the density and the amount of money in the city in different and relatively i shouldn't say new sectors but you know these like the tech sector is taking over a lot of the downtown Mm. and surrounding neighborhoods um so it's it's tough to i mean it's tough just tough to do business i mean what we talk about you know it's just it's so much more expensive and it requires a change in the business plan um so that's kind of what the goal is then at conduit and some of the build out is to be more of a a space that can support other small coffee-related businesses. Yeah, um, I'm really less excited about, about the that. wholesale and less about competing with other, you know, big money in the city, and more about you know, kind of collectively helping each other out so we can compete with that big money. I have a question I want to ask you, but before we get into that, what are you drinking this morning? Oh, that's not a fair question, Joseph. What? <laughs> I am. Uh, oh, is it not coffee? Should I've? <laughs> well, because. We're in a different season now. It's been really intense out here the last few weeks, and I didn't remember everything that was on my table at uh, Conduit to bring out here, which included bags of fresh coffee. Mm. So I am drinking two-month-old Spring Blossom, the same bag that I've talked about mm-hmm. in like the last few episodes. Um, you know, I was actually secretly and hoping that that would be the case. And it, my cup's cold. I brewed it <laughs> uh, around 8 a.m., 8.10, so it's an hour and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So it's a fantastic cup of coffee. I was laughing at myself because this morning I was just like, ah, you know, shoot, forgot all my coffee. And I brewed it and it was, it's really sweet and still had some really lovely characters to it. So I love that. could uh, be worse, but. That kind of aspect of, of specialty coffee. And we talked about it before, but you can, you can get really into the freshness of coffee. And I think, I think when you're getting into to drinking good coffee, it's good to, it's good to get it fresh. It's good to understand what that's all about. To experience that and and also to support businesses who roast coffee that way but also good coffee is still going to be good long outside of the the freshness window exactly i mean if you could take you know off-season tomatoes from mexico and make a pasta sauce and can it it won't be as good as wonderful seasonal tomatoes from washington state you know canned and turned into sauce like right in two years or whatever that sauce is it will be more quality products more quality agriculture makes a better cup the reason I asked you about what you're drinking is I'm having the last of, of our good friend Mateo's thoughts and process. And I have to say, and I, I really wanted to put this on the show, because this has been delightfully delicious. Is that the, uh, the Peru? The, the Peru, yeah. It has yeah, been, it's so good. It's been really quite wonderful. And I want to encourage everyone listening to go grab a bag, if it's possible. Uh, Mateo roasts in very small batches. So 
he does have it available on his site. So I'm going to link. And they're to that. cute little sample bags. He sent. Did he, I'm sure he sent you a sticker. Uh, great logo. I just got the sample bags, Mateo. Oh, I didn't get a Mateo. sticker. <laughs> and I'll just put it out there as kind of a side that I think it's sort of funny. And I'm apologizing <laughs> a little bit that we return his messages via this radio show more often than we actually return him on the Instagram or whatever medium he sends him in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, I so. finally caught his uh, his message on. I'm, re- I'm really bad at that kind of stuff. Yeah, everything is just life is so busy. Um, and that's my excuse, but, uh, I did, I did finally respond to Mateo on, the the coffee lovers radio Instagram, like a that. week after he, <laughs> at, at <laughs> least <laughs> a week after he was like, did you get it yet? <laughs> uh, so I hope you guys got the coffee. Like, oh yeah, I'm already done with it. It's amazing. <laughs> we did. And it's delicious, Mateo. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we were talking about a lot of your new stuff going on in like Port Townsend and conduit in the city. I want to know what city coffee life and small town coffee life are like. Like, talk talk to us about about the differences. Oh, that's good. Um, it's remarkably different, even in a place like this out here, PT. I don't know. It's interesting. I've stopped bringing bags of light roasted coffee. Like when I just carry bags with me to give to nice people I meet, I've stopped carrying light roasted coffee because mm-hmm. by far, when you have them side by side, people are like oh, give me the dark roast. And they're so excited about the dark roast. And I think that it's it's very emblematic of just kind of how the industry actually works in general is that, you know, most coffee out there is heavy, medium, dark roasted coffee. And that's sort of what people are used to. And uh, there's something about small town life that sort of scoffs at the city and scoffs at all that funny new trend in the city. And coffee, that like really high-end, specialty, finicky, light roasted coffee hasn't really caught on because... There just isn't the brewing equipment. There isn't the community out here for that. So it's it's really fascinating to me. It feels like in Seattle, our coffee is considered more of a medium roast, even though it's not on the mm-hmm. single origins. You know, we're not that special because we don't have the most expensive coffee, and we're not pushing you know certain brands that are really expensive. You oh, know, you it's just not that exciting for all the bags. <laughs> we don't have fancy bags, but we're not buying like ninety plus coffee. You know, we're not buying thirty dollar pound Yemeni coffee and. You know, we don't have that kind of sales structure, which is fine. And that's because that's not really how you make money in coffee because most people just want medium roasted coffee and they want some caramelization and they want it to brew well at home with their regular methods. And so that's just all like out here. People just absolutely love our coffee because it's fresh roasted and it tastes good, but they also really appreciate, you know, the quality agriculture. And so it's interesting. It's kind of, it's sort of, you know, the best parts about coffee are what's appreciated out here as far as, you know, making yeah. a good cup and being happy with it and making sure the farmers get paid. I always wonder is all, all the all the things that appeal to me about the work that that I do and and life and living. I always feel like I'm in the wrong place when I'm in a city. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe I'm actually a small town boy. <laughs> I think in general I think people are and a lot of people actually are we just haven't had that options and there's not a lot of vibrancy in small towns that kind of help like i don't know you can be a small town you can be a small town guy but still want high quality coffee or high quality food and it's hard to find those things you know and a lot of small towns have just been run over for you know by the cities for various reasons in terms Um, of coffee there's that challenge of we talked about this where we were responding to two non-doctors we were talking about how a lot of cafe businesses have to run, how they're catering to what their customers want. And you, you, you go to a small town, 
if you're a coffee business, you have to serve what people are going to buy. And it's actually, I mean, pretty much the case, no matter where you are, that most of the people are going to want that like darker roasted sort of average coffee. You get into a city, you just have the volume of people that lets you be more targeted to uh, to a more different experience. The market's huge compared to here. And that's true. I was, I was talking about that yesterday with a friend that was asked if I was going to start wholesale coffee roasting out here and you know the short answer was no there's just i don't like i'm not there's not enough not enough people to really compete with that Mm -hmm. without doing really hardcore sales and then that's just stepping on the toes of all the other local companies that have already been doing all that and so you know to me the future of this kind of stuff is custom roasted coffee and finding those few people and selling it in small batches but not having the business based around that you know there's definitely some collaborative projects out here regarding roasting that I think would be fun. Also, there's a real opportunity out here to educate people on better coffee mm-hmm. and teach kids that are growing up in a small town that are definitely going to leave when they're 18 and give them a leg up when they go into the city that they've learned how to roast coffee or they know about this and now they're going to go experience that in a bigger market. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's a that's a really good skill to learn. All the skills of, of working in coffee, I think, are really good skills to learn when you're young. There's a there's a certain level of art and craft in it and attention to detail. So I think there's a good like large set of skills just to, even in becoming like a good barista that mm-hmm. would like serve you no matter what you end up doing in life. Right. And that's I mean that's why we have this podcast, right? Coffee's that kind of quintessential thing that most people have in common that they drink coffee in the morning or they understand what a cafe is and where to go do homework and stuff like that. And that's it's cool. I love that. And it's fun to share it. I would actually, so before we go on to our, our topic from the mug, I would be really interested to hear from you listeners. Do you consider yourself a city person or a small town person? And do you live in a city or a small town? I know we're not going to get the level of response to actually know this, but I'd, I'd be curious to know where our audience kind of fits on that spectrum. Go to coffeeloversradio.com. You can comment just on, the, on this show page. You can also visit our Patreon, become a patron and uh, oh. support our show. We love our patrons. Yeah. You want to uh, intro our, our topic from the mug? From the mug. All right. So I have a confession. I am not randomly picking the subject this time. We might have actually talked about this before, but I don't have it crossed off. Cigars and coffee, the finer things in life, contradictory to specialty coffee, question marks. I've, I've never smoked a cigar. Wait, what? No, I've never smoked a cigar. But I have become rather interested in them because of the parallels to specialty coffee in terms of craft and production and oh totally like history and that the, kind of thing i mean i think just to be clear right off the top we're not advocating that people smoke tobacco or anything i personally think that like smoking a cigar ruins a lot of my taste buds in some ways and so it does spoil that hmm. tasting aspect in the moment you know not permanently but in the moment you don't really taste as much of the coffee as you'd want and they do that with everything right you also don't taste whatever meal you're eating as much if you just smoked a cigar but i totally agree with you that the craft of of good cigars and the variety and the way that they age and the techniques for smoking them and all that is is really there's a lot of parallels there and it's it's fascinating to me when i went down to guatemala my friend had just coincidentally had tobacco plants growing in his yard and they're interesting and you finally get a perspective of what it takes to harvest that product and then Mm -hmm. dry those leaves and turn them into something because they're weird they're big thick sticky leaves like you can't really touch them because they'll stick to you and it's 
yeah, it's interesting. Anyways, I um, I'm not a real fan of cigars, but I've kind of go through phases where they just taste really good. And one of our more successful projects was pairing cold brew with Cigar Club, working with Cigar Club that was doing events weekly in the yeah, summer. That's right. And so we we're bringing you know gallons of cold brew down to them. And what's nice about cold brew is it's refreshing. It's on ice and it tastes good. And it like there's enough of that kind of coffee flavor especially in a darker roasted coffee that there's enough of that coffee flavor to cut through the the cigar smoke. For me at least the caffeine kind of offsets some of that the dullness that comes from all the nicotine. But just the cold refreshing flavor tasted, you know, the the whole body fe- felt really good with that. Also, you know, Condo was featured in Cigar Snob magazine. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think and, so. And you know, we uh enjoyed lattes up on the roof and smoke cigars you know we have some customers that are fantastic customers rich shout out that have given us cigars and i you know really enjoy that kind of aspect of pairing bourbons and beers and Mm -hmm. coffees and stuff to various cigars and and just because you don't taste all the nuances of coffee doesn't mean that there isn't a pairing potential between the flavors of the cigar and the tobacco. Right. Well like when we when we do the chocolate and the coffee pairings you're not tasting everything in the chocolate when you drink the coffee and the same with the coffee like they right. they modify each other and you explore you get to explore different aspects of them i don't know obviously if it's if it's that like the specifically when we did the the chocolate and the coffee i found being able to to actually highlight aspects of each when combining them so i, I don't know if that's the case with with cigars and coffee or other things but even if you don't combine them at the same time there's definitely an overlap in aspects of enjoyment of those things. Like as far as coffee goes, there, there's a there's a part of drinking a coffee that I enjoy that is is beyond just the taste and like getting the caffeine, which is the experience of going through like the experience of going through this cup and what I'm having with it and the ritual of creating it and you know sharing that with other people is uh, really intriguing. Right. I think that's where, you know, cigars are are very close as far as other things to pair with coffee. I think cigars have a lot of parallels to that coffee. Yeah. Because there's so much more ritual. I mean, there's people that smoke a lot of cigars, but you know, for me that I I don't, there's very much of a ritual and a time when it comes up. Yeah. And and it's fun to think about that, like a really good scotch or something like that as yeah. well. That are kind of rare. Yeah, I've definitely done the same thing with scotch for sure. I was thinking the other day, I miss scotch Sundays at Whiskey Barrel. The Barrel Thief? The Barrel Thief. Whiskey Barrel at the Whiskey Barrel at the Barrel <laughs> Thief. Thank you. It's been so long. I'm like, the whiskey place that's a barrel, I can get, you know, a flight of scotch at half price. I don't know if they're doing that again, but... They sort of are. I mean, everything's screwed up right now with the pandemic. Yeah. So, yeah, that whole kind of scotch Sunday has changed. I have some amazing, amazing whiskey here that I have to, I have to save, but I've been sipping at it every time there's a victory in the last... Since I got it. Oh, that's good. What is so it? So I've had, it's the Cavalon from Taiwan, Cavalon Distillery. Oh, okay. From 2015. And let me just say, first and foremost, it's a full liter bottle. It's a leather leather case. It won the best single malt whiskey in the world in 2015. Wow. Cavalon Solist Vinho Barrique, cask strength, best Asian single malt, category winner of best yeah. single malt whiskey in the world, and world's best single malt all in 2015. It tastes like pineapples and mangoes and oh, delicious bourbon. It is outstanding. I and like that um, you you said you take sips of it when you have a when you have a victory. I might have to I'd adopt s- that approach. 
I mean, it, this is such a special bottle that I will never have anything like this again in my life. And yeah. It was a gift to me. Our friend, Real John, knew all about it and couldn't believe that I had it because you just can't really get it. But it's one of those like $60 pour yeah. glasses, I think. Anyways, the, uh, I, I appreciate they... that. And I'm not going <laughs> to smoke a cigar with it because it tastes so good. And yeah. I just want to focus on that and not be distracted by anything else in my life. So it's just like take a, take a half a shot and watch the sunset and pat myself on the back for accomplishing you know some of the big life transitions here one thing that's (laughs) that's been interesting for me this year the pandemic has made me think a lot differently about life and everything that's been that's been a really good thing it's kind of uh forced me to make some decisions stuff that was kind of floating around and avoiding kind of thing all right cheers cheers this has been joseph and jesse with coffee lovers radio thank you for listening please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.